You are listening to the Missio Tempe podcast. We are a church of missional communities, living as a family of missionary servants for the good of our city. For more information about our church, visit missiotempe.com. We hope this teaching encourages and challenges you to faithfully take up your role in the Missio Day. Hey there, Missio. It's Stephanie Whedon here. If you don't know me, maybe you know my girls. Annalisa is about four, four in a couple days. She uh, runs around Missio with fabulous outfits that she's picked out herself, handing people sticks and flowers and stones that she's found, little trinkets and, and treasures. Or maybe Heidi, she's just started joining us for worship on Sunday mornings. Um, she likes to dance and uh, wriggle out of my arms and run around the chairs. Um, I'm also wife to Martin, who you probably haven't seen, but maybe you've had some of his great smoked salmon or smoked meats. Um, he usually makes our, our potluck contribution. So if I haven't met you, that's a little bit about who I am. But Charlie has been asking several different women in our congregation to pick a psalm to reflect on in this season of rest for us for July. And I thought I'd go for the gusto and uh, pick Psalm 137, which is one of those jarring imprecatory psalms from the Babylonian exile. And I have some thoughts for us today on how it might inform our days and especially our season of rest. But before I share those with you, I wanted to open up our virtual table to some outside voices. Um, I've invited Lakaya, who is my friend and our nanny. Um, she's mom to Charisma, who you might have seen at a couple of gatherings. Not a part of our community, but um, right, right on the outskirts. And also my husband, Martin, who is in an interesting spot with God. And I just wanted to invite them to our table here and open up the word of God with them and see how the spirit speaks through them and what it might in say to us or how it might encourage us or challenge us uh, during this season. So here is a little bit of our conversation, but first I got to set the stage. Okay. So before I get to the Psalm that I want to hear your guys' thoughts on, I'm going to catch us up on where we are this far in the story of the Bible. So in the beginning, God made the whole world and especially made all the people of the earth to reflect his goodness and generosity, to trust him and to love each other well. But humans being humans didn't live up to this calling. They did awful things. And instead of taking ownership of them, they hid and blamed, blamed others. They murdered and enslaved and reflected something dark with their hearts instead of the light and generosity they were made to display. But God doesn't give up on them. He picks an old man with no children and promises him that through his family, he will make a way back to a relationship with him that brings out the best of us instead of the worst, a way that is full of justice, but also full of love. And God does it. He gives that man a son and through generations and generations, he makes a people. Now that man was not perfect and all those generations were not perfect. The Bible tells story after story where it's hard to tell who is the good guy and who's the bad guy. It's a mess. And by the time this song is written, 
The people who remember God and his promises are totally despairing. They are enslaved by a brutal Babylon wondering where in the world God is. And it's from this dark, desperate place that this song comes from. Hear these words. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. When we remembered Zion. On the willows, there we hung our lyres. For there our captors required of us songs. And our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem, how they said, lay it bare, lay it bare, down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rocks. So um, I have some questions and we can feel free to, you know, not answer the questions or answer different questions or whatever. But my first question was, what emotions do you hear in the song? It's definitely very sad and dire. They're also um, seeking revenge. I feel like they're kind of at the end of the rope in the thought of the uh, of how terrible Babylon is, and, and, and you know, wanting to reward someone for destroying it. It seems mm-hmm. a little um, extreme. Yeah. So. Um, I agree. I think destruction is not an emotion, but (laughs) at first, um, it was just really like destructive and desperate in one way. And I feel like Mm -hmm. it kind of ended in this with the same emotions, but like on the flip side, because at the beginning they were like destructive and emotional and just without compassion Mm -hmm. and then God stepped in and showed compassion and showed grace and continued to do that throughout generations Mm -hmm. um even though they were unworthy and then it was more of like a graceful happy feeling being able to receive that and then after generations it began to be lost and then it turned back into like something super destructive and emotional to the point where they started to like forget mm-hmm. God's grace so much so that they felt like they had to hold on to it and call out to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I think it's exposed definitely just the, the kind of emotions you would have in that moment when you're asked, being asked to sing the Lord's song, but you're in such a terrible situation mm-hmm. that you, I mean, you'd be offended beyond like to such a degree that obviously that you would like to have revenge for it. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. Gets real uh, vindictive there at the end. Yeah. Um, how do you think God feels? Like if, um, so songs are sung prayers and if God is hearing this, like, what do you think? I mean, I don't think 
God ever wants you to seek revenge mm. or be spiteful to anyone. Mm. You, you certainly wouldn't reward someone in, well, it depends on which part of the Bible, but <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily, you, Jesus wouldn't teach mm. to reward someone for destroying a city of, of sin. It would be to have compassion for those people and, and their, their, in their ignorance or of of what God is. So, say more about that. For, uh, about what God is. Um. Yeah. I. I just think that. It. It's. It's. I, I'm sure tons of prayers are very small and human, but this one in particular is very small. Mm. Certainly. You would have sympathy. God would have sympathy for the for their plight, having their emotional situ, you know situation that they're in, based on having to be forced to sing these these songs of praise in such a terrible situation. But you expect to never. You'd expect God to not want you to seek revenge in that manner. It's to simply be to love him mm. and love his children, mm. regardless of what their their um, the situation they find themselves in. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, sympathetic is a really good word for that because I was thinking like I don't really feel like there would be any of the basic emotions that would tie to that like happy, sad, mm. disappointed. Um, Though I feel like a lot of people would go with disappointed. I think of it from like a parenting perspective. Like you set an example or you show like your child, like that you love them unconditionally and like how gracious you are and like who you are for them and to them. And then you step back. And even though like generations has passed or whatever and um, they may not be experiencing it firsthand and it may just be stories or a feeling or something that's passed down. I feel like as a parent, you kind of like observe because you need to leave room to like teach and for them to have faith in you. Mm. So I don't really feel like it's too much of a feeling, but more of a like observation because I feel like God's always there and like watching and never like, leaving our side even when we feel like some things are like tough or like a child having a tantrum they may feel like like why are you letting this happen to me <laughs> but you, it's just like a teaching moment and for you to give them room to be able to like fall into you and rely on you and rely on the love that you've already shown them so. nice very nice okay so what do you think would be different about church or Christians um, if we had more of this pour your guts out to God kind of prayer? Well, I feel like there's examples in the Bible that people did pour their guts out and God always corrected them. So you're mm -hmm. wrong in doing it this way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, yeah, they, they kind of organize their prayers to be, to reflect God's grace and kind of start with what you appreciate and then, but this is what I want changed, <laughs> you know, and literally if it is kind of a, 
it's it's a knee jerk response to the emotional state that the person was in, mm-hmm. and it's it, it should not necess- it shouldn't necessarily be a prayer to God, but it's more of a it's it is just it's a poor they're just emotional in the moment and um, yeah. Um, I think what would be different is maybe less sin, um, because there would be more trust and more faith in God. I mean, there's that already, but I feel like way too often we fall into like our own flesh and just like, oh, like, let me take care of this or like, this isn't happening quick enough or like, I've been calling out to God or I'm still in this situation instead of just having faith and trusting and just falling more into that, we tend to like take things into our own hands um, and then sin. <laughs> awesome. Thank- oh, no, that's no. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. I love you both. <laughs> so there you have it. A peek into a conversation about God and his heart from image bearers who are in various stages of knowing him. I'd like to just add a couple of thoughts for us today, Missio. In this dark, disturbing psalm, there is so much good news. There is no human experience that God does not long to enter into and redeem. He stands at the door of your heart and waits for you to share with him all the ugliness that you don't want to come to light. And even if you fear there will be no end to the ugly crying or searing rage or utter darkness that pours out of your heart, God can handle it and indeed will redeem it. He knows that you are both sinner and sinned against, bully and victim. He sees the emotions that you push aside in an effort to make yourself holy by your own force of will. He sees the real you and loves you just the same not because of who you are, but because of who he is. When you let those feelings out in the safety of prayer, you will have a chance to know his love at a whole different level. You will get to the end of yourself and you will be renewed. Trust him in this and he will give you a rest the likes of which you have never tasted before. Come and rest, Miss Yale.